the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast. I'm Richard Mead, editor of Lloyd's List, and this week I have gathered a crack squadron of our finest editorial troops to bring you the inside track on story shaping shipping. Here in our shiny new offices in Lloyd's List Towers, I have our legislation lieutenant, Anastasia Sadamopoulos, our markets master, Michelle Bockman, and our seasoned sea lord, Richard Clayton. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Busy agenda ahead of us. We've got a few major meetings coming up, not least nor shipping looming. Richard, you and I are going out there fairly mm-hmm. shortly, uh, along with Anastasios. But before we get there, we've got MEPC to get through, the Marine Environment Protection Committee down at the IMO. Now, these meetings veer between impenetrable bureaucracy and outlandish politics. Where are we at the moment, Anastasios? I think uh, a bit of both. At the moment, this is uh, the only MEPC meeting for 2019, the only high-level environmental meeting the IMO before the sulfur cap comes into effect. Uh, but it seems like attention at the moment is given to crafting, or hopefully crafting, some short-term decarbonization measures, which the industry has yet to see any new ones since the adoption of this you know, very well-praised strategy last year. At the moment, we've got regulators already having some, you know, some preparatory meetings this week, but I understand from people who are there that it's been going pretty slowly. The discussion is currently stuck or addressing this impact assessment that's going to come along with new measures, which effectively is a mechanism that would assess how specific measures would impact developing and uh, LDCs and small island developing states, which is a very, very political issue. And the point of that being that uh, if things like that don't get resolved, we may not see any new measures anytime soon. And this is the point. As anachronistic as this may sound to anybody who's not a regular down at Alpha Embankment, after the big ambitious target of 2050, the headline grabbing decarbonisation of shipping, which was, it was a significant and sizable directional event for the industry. We're now back in the business of regulatory politics, which is difficult. It's impenetrable. It's very, very dull to those who aren't involved in it. But it is absolutely necessary that we get this initial stage of debate because otherwise, all of the the big picture stuff that we're about to talk about in North Shipping, and there's going to be a huge amount of marketing puff, Richard, that's just not going to turn into reality. We need to get both of these things going at the same time. Now, one of the interesting debates that you and I have been having this week, of course, is, is, is still around the nuts and bolts of 2020. Before we get to 2050, we still have to escape the pull of, of sulfur reduction as a sort of an all-encompassing event for the shipping industry. We had the Clean Shipping Alliance um, visitors at Lloyd's uh, List Towers this week. Interesting to see their stance unchanged. Uh, you know, this is a group... They don't like calling themselves the scrubber lobby, but you know, effectively, this is a group of businesses that have collectively invested billions of dollars in abatement technology. They've made their bet, they've played it, and then they're now facing a market that perhaps politically and economically is not what they necessarily signed up for. Mm-hmm. And let's just start with you before I get markets uh, as an input from Michelle here. But I mean, I, would you say that's an unfair characterization? I mean, they seem fairly bullish, but I don't know. I'm, I, I wasn't sure how to read it. Well, they gave us the impression, at least, uh, they've been making progress. But I, I think the point is that we'll find out just how much progress they've made in the next week. Mm. Because one of the things MEPC will discuss is this controversial proposal from the EU to 
effectively reopen the issue of scrubbers and create what they call harmonized rules mm. scrubbers in their proposal it indicates that they would be in favor of some kind of restriction prohibition though they don't write they don't outright say that mm. so it'd be very interesting to see what stance countries and organizations take during this debate because i think that's going to give us a very good understanding of a where the global sentiment stands and b just how much of an impact this organization has had since they were established, I don't know, what was it, eight months ago, nine months ago? I mean, I feel for them, the central challenge of their argument is that we should be engaging in a far more scientific debate, uh, one that is supported uh, by evidence rather than politics and emotion. And I think it's fair to say they have a point. I think we are engaging in a political discussion at this point. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, Michelle, the decision to invest in scrubbers as it would have been when they signed over the checks, is probably not the market they anticipated, right? Well, exactly. Unknowingly, or perhaps knowingly, they've taken a position in the market amidst extraordinary uncertainty. And we've got, I mean, who could have foreseen Donald Trump's sanctions on Venezuela and um, Iran, the disturbance in Libya, and also the impact on the middle distillates market? Because one of the, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I wasn't alone in hearing these figures that they're spread between the, the high sulfur fuel and the and the, the lower sulfur fuel would be, you know, like $500, $600 per tonne. I did hear that right, didn't I? I think there were discussions. I mean, I think there's... I mean, I'm not imagining... Numbers were flopped yeah. out yeah. there, yeah. weren't they? But, but even so, I'm looking at two things. I'm looking at the spread between 3.5% heavy sulfur fuel oil and 0.5% very low sulfur fuel oil, and I'm seeing $205 per tonne now. I'm looking at the market structure for ice gas oil, so that's trades on the um, Ice Futures Europe Exchange, and you would imagine you would be seeing a contango market now where you see that the future price is much higher than the spot price because demand for is going to explode. But instead, I see a flat market. And I see all these signs that if I had if I had scrubbers on board, amidst all this uncertainty, I would be recalculating my numbers. Let's let's say I'd be doing it that way. Because the market is not behaving, I think, how we've all expected it to in the lead up to, mm. to 2020. And that the, the biggest thing, aside from all of this, is because the market's not in contango, it doesn't support floating storage. Mm. So that's another thing to think about. But we're not there yet. I mean, there we're is still not. time for the market to turn, and they make the valid point that these investments are not small ones and they're not short term. You know, they are, according to the Clean Shipping Alliance and the people who invested the money, they are looking at a lifetime, you know, range of these uh, investments lasting for the, for the lifespan of these ships, they argue. Mm-hmm. I question whether that is going to be the case across all vessels, but they certainly seem to, uh, you know, think that they've got a bullish forecast ahead of them in terms of where it's going. So. Well, I, I think they should like bring their horns in a bit. <laughs> we will see, we will see. Just briefly, I mean, in terms of the rest of the tanker market, mm. I mean, we mentioned Iran and uh, Venezuela. I mean, that's obviously having an impact, but mm. more mm. broadly, I mean, it's interesting times at the moment in terms of tankers. Well, you should, you should really be saying things a little bit more positive, but I sort of added up and looked at the ton miles and I also looked at you know what went out last month and the removal of crude from Venezuela and, and from um, Iran on the market is really hurting, especially the bigger tankers. 
And alongside that all, you've got um, the continuing onslaught of deliveries. You've got the decision not to demolish because everyone wants to wait and to, to make all those economic decisions a little bit closer to 2020. And all the optimism that you saw towards the end of the year and you know, even in, as, as late as March, and it's just like crashed. The sewers maxes are holding up okay, but there was a hope that the usual fourth quarter seasonal boost will come early. Mm. And, you know, we'll see once again, there's just so much geopolitical uncertainty. No one can really predict what the oil market's going to be doing. So, you know, I don't think I would be a very bullish tanker owner either. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Michelle. Yeah, no, Richard, can you cheer us up? today. Well, to offer you something incomplete, Contrast to this, uh, Richard, I've been looking at the uh, programme for North Shipping and the event that jumps out at me is the Ocean Leadership uh, Conference. Uh, I always love ocean leadership. It's, it's senior people talking about things about the future that they can't prove one way or the other. But there's a, a real gathering of people here. The Norwegian Prime Minister Erna Solberg is here. Um, Kitak Lim from the IMO. There's a Nobel Prize win winning economist and a whole gathering of C-suite people. Um, now, what they are saying about this particular conference is that it helps business leaders to understand the future and to prepare for it. Okay. Now, I think this is absolutely significant because normally, uh, North Shipping talks about innovation, sustainability, solutions, disruption, revolution, all these, these big words. So what's missing from all this? And what's missing from all of the conferences about the future? And to me, what's missing is hearts and minds, yeah. which is absolutely critical. Hearts and minds. What does it mean? It's, it's a phrase we use without really knowing deep down why it's significant. Hearts and minds are about emotional and intellectual engagement in any project that you're putting together. So when we talk about hearts and minds at this level, it's not just about CEOs, CFOs, CDOs, digital officers, CSOs, sustainability officers. It's about everybody in the company taking this on board. It's about a culture and pervading that culture throughout the whole business. Now, business leaders are there to keep the business profitable. Stakeholders and shareholders want the business to be profitable. And I wonder if they will be just as keen to say, well, we went out of business, but nevertheless, we were still sustainable. I don't think that's how people work. <laughs> now, understanding the future is a science. We can put numbers on it. We can make our forecasts and our trends and our percentages. But preparing for the future is an art. And it involves hearts and minds, emotion, intelligence, and intellect, education, training. It's about building a culture of excellence. And that, to me, is what leadership is all about. Leadership, ocean leadership, a culture of excellence. If I come away from that conference understanding how they're going to do that, then it will be a fantastic nor shipping. I'm looking forward to North Shipping this year. I think it's going to be an interesting lineup. I, like you, I'm intrigued to see what actually comes out of the ocean leadership debate. But I think it's significant that we are, for the first time, I think, at a major industry event, focusing on a more holistic view of blue ocean economics, of shipping as part of a wider integrated supply chain, 
of the fact that for all the, the you know the big change approaching shipping that we've talked about ad nauseum for the last you know couple of years, we're only a minor part of this, and we have to do this in Absolutely. a more collaborative way, and we have yeah. to do this as part of a, a wider series of shifts from decarbonisation to digitalization, as you said. You know, it's not just necessarily about the technology. In fact, you know, the exactly. uh, the Loisley special that we've uh, been putting to bed this week will be out at North Shipping makes exactly that point. From twenty twenty to twenty fifty, in terms of decarbonisation, most people that I've been talking to have ultimate faith in the um, ability of engineers to solve the technical problems of how you get there. The more difficult bit is how you change a very traditionalist reactive industry and integrate it into the wider supply chain, a feat, frankly, that it has never managed to do before. You know, the history of shipping is littered with examples of failed change management, quite frankly. And uh, I, I think you're exactly right. There is an emotional and psychological level to these changes. And we mustn't forget this. I think we're, we're very good on the technology. We're not quite so good on the human intelligence mm. stuff. Yes, you don't want to be be sustainably unsustainable in the end, do you? I think that's a catchphrase then, Michelle. Um, for anybody who wants a uh, somewhat more pragmatic focus on uh, the here and now in terms of how we innovate, Lloyd's List will be holding our own event at North Shipping. Uh, it's on the uh, the Monday. The available details are on Lloyd's List from the point that this webcast goes live. And uh, all we ask is that you register in advance and we would love to have you on. It's going to be uh, focused around innovation. Uh, we've got a number of great speakers from uh, Christian Olmdorf uh, from uh, the Amplifier Fund. We've got Christo Rex from Danish Ship Finance, Pierre Sammers from DNVGL. We have uh, head of Inmarsat. We have Ra Labs and uh, ABB now joining us as well. So uh, some of the most forward-thinking uh, technologists in the business are coming together to think practically about what innovation really means and how we actually make it happen in the industry. It should be an interesting discussion. I think, for now, that's probably where we need to leave it for the uh, Lloyd's List podcast. Thank you all very much for joining me again. And uh, I look forward to uh, talking to you uh, in the near future. Thanks very much.